what's up you guys and welcome back to the televised podcast my name is anna and today we're going to be talking about batwoman episode four of season two it is titled fair skin blue eyes i really enjoyed this episode i thought it was it was really good and it it, it there's a lot of stuff happening in it. I mean, it seems like this season, and I know that I've said this before, but it, it does seem like this season is, like, there's no filler <laughs> episodes at all. Like, they've just, you know, like, kicked it off right from the jump, and then uh, it hasn't slowed down at all, um, which is, a good, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a really good thing, because sometimes those filler episodes get kind of boring, and you're like, what's the point of, like, watching all of this? But I think, I don't know, I've really enjoyed, like, the weekly villains that they've had, especially this week. It's definitely um, a really uh, important and interesting topic that they really touched on while still having this almost, like, uh, storybook fairy tale villain, almost, almost. I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed it, though. I thought it was really, really good. Um, uh, there's not, there's not been really any, like, Supergirl-related news. Um, well, we did, <laughs> we got, like, a first glimpse of Melissa, uh, back at work, because she was on maternity leave for a long time, and so she's back in, in Vancouver and back at work, and she does not have any more bangs, which is, you know what, like, it's good for me, it's, it's, great for me. I love that. I love that. So people are speculating maybe a time jump. I don't know. Um, as more stuff comes out, because really, genuinely, we know nothing about Supergirl season six at this point. We literally know nothing. Um, but as more stuff comes out, I eventually will probably do like a, a big like theories kind of episode about season six. But <laughs> until then, it's kind of, you know, we don't know a single thing. Like, we don't have a trailer, we don't have stills, we don't have a synopsis, we we don't have anything. So, until then, I will still obviously be talking about Batwoman, but I'd, I'll try to update about Supergirl here and there, but there's not much to tell. <laughs> um, and obviously, I missed last week, but that was because there was no episode of Batwoman because of the Super Bowl. Um, but I was glad to have the show back this week. So let's get into it. So the beginning of this episode is, uh, talking about how snakebite is running rampant. It's that drug and it's, why, <laughs> why would anyone want to take that? Like the fear toxin? Why would you want to put that willingly into your body? Especially after like last season, what we watched Alice go through on the fear toxin. That was horrifying. I would never want to like, ooh, you know, inject it or whatever to like get high. That's horrifying. That's horrifying like oh my god um and so we also see uh ryan kind of chasing down some snake bite dealers and some snake bite uh junkie people i guess you could say i mean you know like this guy who was shooting up snake bite that's she, she talked to him and tried to get him to reveal who his dealer was and it was this guy from the False Face Society, so she chased him down, and we saw that the Batmobile is painted now, and it looks so sick. It looks so cool. I'm so excited that they were able to get the Batmobile. Like, that, it's just so sick. It's just so sick. And it's kind of cool that, you know, Ryan is the one that got to have it. <laughs> um, 
So Ryan is still reeling from this kryptonite. Like, she actually almost wrecks the Batmobile because she is feels this, like, terrible, terrible pain from the kryptonite and kind of, like, is out of it for a moment. And that is... That's really scary. And I still... I don't know how it's affecting her and what kind of kryptonite it is and what you know it's it's really interesting to see it play out this way and I'm so curious how they're gonna end up solving this problem because at this point Ryan is the only one who knows but it's only so so long that she can hold on to this secret until she gets sicker and sicker and so I'm really intrigued to see how they'll solve this problem, especially because, I mean, like I said before, they canceled the Superman and Lois crossover. Not that I'm very upset about it, but that seemed like, you know, the the spot in time that they were going to, like, fix the whole she's got kryptonite in her chest situation. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I hope that maybe we get some Supergirl things um, because of that, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. There's just so many questions that I have about this storyline specifically. Um, and so she's, like I said, she's tracking down these like false face society people. She says, I will find the head of the snake and I will cut it off. Um, oh, and then literally the cutest little kid in the world, he comes up to Ryan and tells her that his brother is missing. And he's like, can you help me find my brother? Like, he he hands her a missing persons flyer of his brother, Kevin. Um, and he says he went to school two months ago and never came home. And so Ryan is like, okay, I will, I will help find your brother. So then Jacob does something that I was really surprised about. He holds a press conference and announces to the world that Kate is, he believes that Kate is alive, which is kind of crazy. I thought that he would maybe play his cards a little like closer to the chest, um, especially with what they know about Sophia. I mean, you know, Alice was able to make her angry just with, uh, you know, the... I mean, yes, it was with the serum that <laughs> that is their country's, you know, most valuable resource or whatever. But still, I wouldn't want to press her buttons. <laughs> I wouldn't want to risk it, I guess. But they're offering a $1 million cash reward. The biggest cash reward in Gotham history is what they said. And because of this, Luke has, like, a lot of hope. He is like, he's like, listen... One million dollar reward, like the crows are on it, like we're gonna find Kate and she's gonna be alive, and that's the tea. Um, but Mary just cannot bring herself to believe it because she does not trust Alice as far as she can throw her. She's like, uh uh-uh. uh. I do not trust Alice. If it was anyone else that gave us that information, then maybe I would believe them, but I can't trust Alice. She's like, I can't get my hopes up. And Luke's like, well, your hopes wouldn't be got up if you if you never lost hope anyway, you know? And so there's just this huge wedge that's still between them. And I, w- I wish that they would talk it out and kind of work it out, but they... I mean, you know, last episode, I kind of thought that they were kind of working it out in a way. You know, they had that little discussion at the end about, you know, understanding each other and and their emotions and their um, feelings about Kate and Luke saying, okay, well, I'll have hope for Kate and you cannot and we'll just deal with that or, you know, we'll agree to disagree. 
Um, but clearly there's still this like deep wedge, uh, between the two of them. So Ryan and Mary then team up, uh, for this mission to find Kevin. Um, and we actually flash back to Ryan's life as a kid in a group home and kind of, uh, Ryan talks about how difficult her upbringing was and, and how she felt invisible and like no one cared about her. Uh, she does make a little friend, though, who actually ends up being Angelique, who is that ex-girlfriend that uh, Zaz knew and actually was the one who sent her to prison. So that's fun. Uh, but we see them when they're young and they're, like, really cute. They're, you know, just... Um, Angelique kind of makes sure that Ryan knows that she has her back in this little, you know, like, uh, flashback. And so Mary, well, they end up going to, they get into Ryan's van and they drive around in the neighborhood because that's actually where Ryan grew up in one of those group homes was that exact neighborhood that Kevin went missing from. So they drive around and while they're driving, <laughs> Mary is taking selfies in Ryan's vintage van and it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny they're such a cute duo like they are so cute i am so obsessed with them uh but they pull up to this comic shop and then we have this other flashback of a creepy woman offering little young ryan who is like trying to pick out free comics and stuff um she offers her candy and then she offers her comics and she ryan is smart she's smart she turns her down she's like uh-uh you know, I'm okay. I'm good. I don't need your candy. I don't need your comics. I'm fine. You know, it's fine. Um, but then the lady like reaches into the back and is like, okay, well, I'll just take these, this box of comics, you know, in the store to sell them. And then you won't have them. <laughs> and Ryan at that moment is like, oh, well, you know, sh of course she was just going to do that. Then why don't I just, okay, I'll go pick some. And then the lady shoves her in the van and kidnaps her. And so Ryan believes and tells Mary that the, that she believes that that's exactly what happened to Kevin. So Sophie, uh, we cut to Sophie and she's in her home and she's getting ready to go to work. <laughs> and surprise, Alice is in her house. <laughs> so Alice, you know, it's that is the, this dynamic between Sophie and Alice is so fun and it's so funny especially because Rachel and Megan know exactly how to play off of each other they know exactly how to um compliment each other because Alice pushes all of Sophie's buttons <laughs> every single one she pushes them and and Sophie is so serious you know that that Alice just is like this like goofy um <laughs> you know, just this goofy person, like, even though she's d very much dangerous and kind of psychotic, she she is goofy and she's silly and she's, like, f it's, like, she's, like, fluid and Sophie is, like, very stiff. You know what I mean? Like, that's their, that's their dynamic. And it is so funny to see them together. Um, and so Alice is, like, hey, you know, you can't kick me out of your house because we got to find this guy named Ocean and for Sophia because otherwise we're not gonna find Kate and so then we actually go back to there's a lot of back and forth uh, this episode and I don't want to try I don't want to get repetitive but there is a lot of back and forth between um Ryan and Mary and their whole situation and then Sophie and Alice and eventually Luke um 
so I hope it's not too uh, hard to or too annoying to like listen to me go back and forth but that's what happens in the episode so Ryan talks more about her experience with this lady and we get another flashback to Ryan uh, in this lady's house and so she's known as this like candy lady um, and she says that she'll remove a jelly bean every day for 60 days and then Ryan will believe that the candy lady is her savior and that no one cares about her. Like, Ryan will be convinced uh, that no one cares for her because the candy lady banks on no one showing up for these kids. She banks on taking advantage of the fact that the system overlooks um, black little girls or black little boys when they go missing um and especially in comparison to when like white little girls or white little boys go missing it is so different and this episode makes such a good point of it and we're not quite there yet but i'll talk about it but she is the candy lady is banking on using um isolation and just like this like day-by-day torture kind of I mean she doesn't touch the kids you know she doesn't actually torture them physically but mentally you know she's really messing with their minds and convincing them that this candy lady is the only lady that cares about them because no one came looking and um uh, so Ryan talks to Mary about how she could get away with all of this because also foster kids are invisible uh, it's 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 a terrible storm kind of where it's like when black children go missing it's like they fly under the radar and then also when foster kids go missing they fly under the radar because people think that they're runaways or that they're trouble because a lot of the times you know kids are abused by the system and they end up getting in trouble and so just this like terrible combination of unfortunately both of them you know for both Kevin and Ryan being black foster kids they believe that no one cares about them and that no one's going to come looking for them so 60 days where no one comes looking for you and no one noticed you're missing could absolutely break a kid but Ryan was determined and resilient and she gets Uh, actually she gets tied up in this scene she gets tied up before the 60 days are actually up because this group of volunteers comes looking for a little girl and she like Ryan is so hopeful because she's like oh my god here they are they're coming to save me you know somebody cares about me someone called the police and and they're out with a search party and these university students are gonna find me and that's gonna be like you know, this shining moment for Ryan. And the candy lady goes outside and she's like, oh, what do you guys need help with? And they're like, oh, this little girl is missing. Uh, And she, we haven't been able to find her. She's 13. Um, And Ryan is so hopefully up at the window, like trying to make noise, trying to get them to look up at her. And they say that she has fair skin and blue eyes. And we know that that actually is Beth that they're looking for, not Ryan. And that should have, I mean, it did. It broke Ryan's spirit because she's like, shit, you know, no one is actually looking for me. They're looking for this white girl, for, for you know, this girl with, the, you know, like blonde hair, blue eyes, you know. I don't think she has blonde hair. <laughs> when she was younger, I think she had brown hair. But, you know, the fair skin, blue eyes, this girl. 
who's not me? And they're out here looking for her, but no one has come looking for me. And that, that's so upsetting. And it's so true. That's the shitty part of all of it is like, it's so unfortunate because, you know, I listen to a lot of true crime and in murders, in kidnappings, in, uh, you know, like any kind of these, any of these kind of cases, it's always these like white girls who get all the media attention, they get all of the resources. I mean, hell, Madeleine McCain, I mean, God, you know, all of that goes towards uh, people who look a certain way and it's, it's not fair, it's not right. That's why I do like listening to, this is kind of off topic, but I'll get back to it. I like listening to Crime Junkie because they always um, make sure to to highlight cases where like little black girls have gone missing and they really want to talk about it and get the word out there. So I really appreciate that. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So then we jump back to Alice and Sophie and they're still hanging out. They're still, <laughs> and Alice is so funny. They have the best tension and they have such, <laughs> such good chemistry. And there's a rare moment for Alice where actually she genuinely shows emotion and she expresses that she's like, oh, what do you want me to say? That I, I regret, you know, spending the last year hunting my sister and fighting her and that I regret that she's dead and that I did all of this. And, and Sophie's like, well, only if it's true. And Alice doesn't really respond. And that is such like a rare emotional true moment for Alice where it's like, you know that she feels exactly that way. You know, she feels that regret. She feels all of that inside of her, but she won't let it out. And Sophie can see through her you know, like no one else can. And the same thing goes for Alice, like vice versa. Alice can see through Sophie in a way that no one else can. And it's such an interesting dynamic that the two of them have. Um, and and Luke comes to the door then, though. And uh, <laughs> Alice points Sophie's gun at him. Um, but back with Mary and Ryan, they end up searching Kate's place for records of Beth's search party because Mary was like, oh my god, a girl with like blonde or with blue eyes, like a little white girl, that was probably Beth, you know, that they were looking for. And she says that Kate, when she was a teenager, kept every single record from the investigation and never gave up on looking for Beth, not once. And... Um, they are just talking and Mary says, well, you know what? I kind of moved in here to, uh, to, um, Kate's loft because she, I think, I mean, you know what? I, I wouldn't want to live in the old like penthouse, you know, like your mom used to live there. And I'm sure that Jacob is not there a lot because, you know, um, I'm sure that he's at work all the time, and I'm sure that she's like, you know what, I just need to be closer to Kate, so she moves into Kate's place, and then she offers Ryan to move into Kate's place, and that is so cute, and they're gonna be roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> So they become roommates and <laughs> Mary's like trying to convince her. She's like, look, there's a spare bedroom. There's this, there's that. Ryan's like, hey, if you had offered the couch, I would have said yes. Because <laughs> she's living out of her van. She's like, you, you're trying to convince, you don't have to convince me to move out of my van. Like, I'm out. 
<laughs> I'm moving in today. <laughs> um, but Ryan says that the the friend that she made was uh, that ex, Angelique, and that she um, got herself caught by the candy lady so that she could help Ryan escape from the candy lady because she noticed. She noticed that she was gone and that she cared enough about Ryan to go and find her. And then Mary says the funny, the funniest line since last week when we had that other funny line where she says she has season tickets to crazy lesbian drama. <laughs> um, and so Ryan ends up in this conversation with Mary. She's like, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I, fine, I'll text Angelique and I'll say, hey, do you remember where the candy lady lived? But uh, they end up finding the address anyway in the records because Angelique never gets back to Ryan. She says, oh, I changed the wrong number. Sorry. Like she Ryan thinks that she changed her number. Um, and but they find the address anyway in the address book based on, you know, the day that Ryan was in there and the day that they came over. And so Ryan decides to face the candy lady, but not as Batwoman as herself. But as soon as she walks up to the to the door, the candy lady comes out and, and Ryan says, I'm here to claim, you know, Kevin. Uh, I'm here to claim him. I'm here because I care about him. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. And then she gets sprayed in the face and tased and taken up to that horrendous attic. So back with uh, Sophie, Luke, and, uh, and Alice... So there's still, there. Alice is holding Luke at gunpoint, but then she gets convinced to not have Luke at gunpoint anymore. And she's rummaging around in Sophie's kitchen and she's like, do you have anything with actual calories in here? And, and Sophie says that there's rat poison under the sink. But then Alice straight up licks a yellow pepper and puts it back. And it is so funny. Just their dynamic, everything about them is so hilarious. And Luke... But Luke actually ends up finding the a lead and a and an address uh, about o- Ocean, um, who like you know where where he might be, where that they could find him, and he like types a little message on the computer that says, "I found an address. Like, don't tell Alice." <laughs> and so they are like, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna go to Wayne and like." find see if I could find anything there we couldn't find anything here and Sophie's like okay I'm gonna go to the crow's headquarters I'll see you later Alice and Alice like sits on the couch eating a baguette and like turns on Sophie's tv because she's (laughs) she decided she's gonna crash there I guess um so in the uh flashback then Ryan and Angelique were able to break out together as kids by attacking the candy lady and Ryan had to fight against that chemical because the lady like sprayed it in her face. She was actually aiming for Angelique, but uh, Ryan stepped in front of her and like fully like saved her from from being sprayed by this chemical. Um, And so Ryan is kind of like remembering this encounter in parallel to herself being tied up. And so she like gets herself free and then tackles the shit out of the old lady just keeps punching on her wailing on her and they reveal that the false face society is all just stolen kids running drugs snakebite for black mask basically 
And it's revealed then that Kevin actually helps kidnap Jacob Kane. And it was, um, it was also Julia that gave them intel on Ocean for Sophie and Luke. That's where he got that address. So Julia came through and was like, hey, here's some possible addresses for Ocean. And so she goes into this apartment, fully gets her ass beat <laughs> by this this woman. And this woman, like, drops her key card and everything. Um, but Alice shows up, though, and she ends up actually helping Sophie. Um, but Alice insists that she's going to kill Kate when she finds her. I don't believe her, though. <laughs> um, so back with Kevin and Jacob. Kevin is told to kill Jacob in order to earn his mask in this false face society. But Batwoman shows up and saves Jacob. And Ryan actually ends up talking Kevin down um, and, and, and ensures and like kind of uh, uh, reassures him that he does have people who care about him, that she was out looking for him. She found him like she he has a, a brother who's looking for him that cares about him and that he doesn't have to be uh, the way that the candy lady says, you know, because he says, I don't have a family. Like, these people are going to be my family. And she's like, no, you have a brother. You know, we'll ins I'll make sure that you're taken care of. This man, I'm going to make him, I'm going to make sure that he makes sure that you're taken care of. And uh, Jacob then says, once the whole situation is taken care of, he says to Batwoman, he's like, he's like, how did you find him like how did you know he was here and she says easy i looked so then we actually see jacob back at the crow's headquarters and he actually gives credit to batwoman and he's like listen sophie if it wasn't for that new batwoman i probably wouldn't be alive i probably would not be sitting here today <laughs> um but then sophie ends up ratting on alice to jacob and is like jacob we have to find Kate before Alice does. But I don't believe that Alice would actually kill Kate. I don't think she would. Um, oh, and then we go back to the apartment and Ryan's wound looks pretty gross. It looks really nasty. <laughs> and Ryan and Mary decide that, the, that they both need to have hope in finding Kate. And they kind of got their inspiration from Kate because Kate never gave up hope in looking for Beth and it turns out that she was right. You know, Beth was alive. Alice was alive. And so they both decide, you know what? We can't stop. We can't give up hope. You know, it can't hurt really to have hope right now. If there's really a, a glimmer that she could be alive, the only way that we can find it is if we try and have hope. That's the only way that they could ever find her. So I love that, and I, I hope that that can help kind of mend uh, the relationship, kind of the torn relationship between um, Luke and then Ryan and Mary. Um, so at the end, we actually see Alice kind of poking around the apartment that Sophie had, had been in, and, and she picks up that key card, and then she looks at a picture on the wall, and it's of this guy and then we see a flashback to um, Sophia's, like, island, and there's brunette Alice, so she's, like, kind of Beth, but it's, like, post-burning that woman alive Beth, you know, and, <laughs> um, and then that guy's, like, on the ground, he's, like, wrestling, I don't know, um, and we find out that that is, in fact, Ocean.
And he might be her boyfriend. And I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want straight Alice. I don't watch this show for that. <laughs> um... But yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then anyway, so then Ryan meets up with Angelique. And I don't like that either. Because I guess Ryan knew. Ryan was like, listen, I <laughs> real funny. You know, you said, oh, wrong number. Blah, real funny. And Angelique is like, listen, you didn't answer my text for like a year. And Ryan should have said, well, you put me in jail. So... <laughs> Um, uh, maybe she did. I can't remember exactly what she said, but, um, I don't know. I don't like that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know that in the end of this, like, storyline, if she ends up, like, reigniting this flame or whatever between her and Angelique, I know that it'll end in Ryan's ultimate, like, growth as a character and progression, but I just hate to see it because it's like, why would you go back to the woman who sent you to jail and like effectively ruined your life? I mean, you know, because I mean, Ryan's life wasn't great before she went to jail, but it just made her life all that much harder than it already was. And it didn't need to be that way. But this lady sent you to jail, you know, like she... It's just, it makes me kind of upset for Ryan. Because I just don't, I don't know, I don't like that for her. It feels like a step backward for her. Because just in the short amount of time that she's been Batwoman, it feels like she's grown as a character and as a person. And it's just kind of sad to see, um, to see her kind of go back in time almost. Because that's, you know, it's like going back to that kind of like toxic unhealthy kind of relationship I mean listen maybe they had an okay relationship but but no relationship that ends in one of them putting the other one in prison is is a good relationship <laughs> it's just not so and it's also frustrating because like there's so many other gay women on this show for Ryan to date even not confirmed gay women, like, hell, okay, she could date Mary, she could date Sophie, she could date Julia, she could date Alice, she could date Jesus, any of, anyone, anyone, <laughs> but she goes back to her ex, it's like, oh my god, and I mean, I get it, we'll see kind of, like, the drama of it, and like I said, it definitely will end in her own personal growth, but I'm also scared of it kind of driving a wedge, maybe, between her and Mary, like, there's, there's a lot of room for um, for Angelique to really mess up the good thing that Ryan is building for herself. You know, she's finally starting to get back on her feet and to feel comfortable in her life again. You know, she, I mean, hell, she's got a house now. To, she's living with Mary, you know, so she's got a roof over her head. She doesn't have to live out of her van. She's got a job. She's got friends. She's, you know, doing good with her power and her anger so it just, it's, I'm, and I'm not saying that, like, oh my god, I'm never watching the show again, because this is stupid, like, because I know that in my heart that Caroline is gonna pull through at the end of this with, like, growth for Ryan, and, and, and it'll be a really satisfying moment for her character, but it is, it's gonna be sad to watch it unfold, you know what I mean? Um, 
so yeah, uh, that's really all that happens in this episode, though. It's It was a really good one, like I said. I really liked it. Let me know what you think, if you have any um, theories that you want to share. I don't know. I don't know about theories for right now. I did watch the promo. Uh, the next episode's called Blood or Gore on Canvas. Obviously, I think is a reference to the Jack Napier painting that... Um, Jacob actually mentioned, but only once this episode, just kind of like what that means and like the connection to Sophia, because Kate wrote Sophia on it, you know? <laughs> um, so I think that that's a reference to that painting, which will be interesting, because, um, I mean, like I said before, you know, DC's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, territorial about who gets to use the Joker and who doesn't, so... <laughs> So I guess we'll see, like, how that's incorporated. Um, the painting is incorporated, I guess. And if they can learn anything from it. Um, but yeah, so that's all I've got today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any theories. You can leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Or you can tweet me at TelevisedPod. And let me know what you think. Uh, you can like, share, rate, subscribe, do all the things. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.